All right, welcome to Peace of Mind Radio. I am Brian Ramsey along with Chris Vaughn. And today we're talking one of Chris's favorite subjects. And oh, yeah. the reason I say that is because this is Chris's idea. So if you, <laughs> if for some reason you don't like this topic. Blame me. It's, yeah, it's send, all right. send uh, the emails and uh, mail attention to him. Uh, but no, this, this is a pretty cool topic, especially this time of year. Uh, yep. It is March of 2021, mm-hmm. the beginning of March. And so we get a lot of calls about, you know, things that, especially business owners, um, that can do for tax purposes. And one of the things that always comes up is charitable giving. Yeah. Right. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to sort of hash out some of the things that we typically see uh, when it comes to charitable giving. Now, these are topics that, you know, clients we see uh, really on an annual basis, some of the more basic charitable giving. Uh, But then we run into situations where, uh, we have families that come to us and say, hey, I want to be a little bit more complex in my, in my giving. And so we're going to sort of mention those. This is nothing. We're not going to get into a ton of detail. No. Although our conversation prior to this, Chris was going down rabbit holes. I'm usually the one that goes down rabbit holes. It was my turn. Oh, it was, it was Chris. Okay, yeah. It, well, this is your topic. Yeah. So it was, it was uh, you were good to go down rabbit hole. And he still may. So just <laughs> Probably will, you know, stay yeah. tuned. Uh, but no, we're going we're gonna to give a highlight of... Uh, maybe a few different things that we worked with our clients over the years, right? Yeah, there you um, go. So with that being said, Chris, since this is your baby, mm-hmm. what do you typically see um, from a basic standpoint, right? Clients come in and you're talking about charitable giving. What, what do they typically think of? I think most people think of charitable giving. It's more along the lines of what they put in the offering plate at church. And that is certainly part of it. There's no question. That's a big part of it for for a lot of people. But there's so many other charitable things that you do. Uh, And I think uh, one of the biggest problems with it as it pertains to taxes is a couple of years ago or four years ago, whatever it was, when we passed the 2017 tax law, they raised the standard deduction and everybody said, well, you can't write off your giving anymore because you just can't get up to the standard deduction. And that's not or true. Or most people don't. Or most people, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's just not true. There's just so many other things that you can do. And, and I will put a disclosure on it. When you're coming up with these kind of planning strategies, yes, you should have your financial planner involved, but you need to have a good accountant or CPA involved in it too. Uh, don't just willy-nilly do this kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so and I'll, I'll tag one other thing on that. I mean, basic basic charitable giving is a good thing, right? Whether you have yep. a standard deduction, not standard deduction, it's still a very good thing. There's lots of charities, uh, you know, that rely on all of us giving five, yep. ten bucks, twenty bucks, or whatever it is. Um, so charity is a good thing. Are there ways that you can take advantage of? And kind of the questions we get is, hey, I I am charitably inclined. I give money to my church. I give money right. to Metro United Way. Uh, you name the charity, right? I was I uh, sit on the board of, or I sat on the board of the Kentucky Humane Society for years, and that's how that charity survived. Yeah, sure, uh, was uh, charitable no- donations for the most part. Now, yes, there were services and things like that, but that's that's a whole different story. Now, um, so charity is a good thing. So as you're as you're you know going throughout your tax year and you're making contributions, how do you typically tell someone? to sort of manage that? Is there a way, I don't know, is there a way for you to say, if I give 20 bucks here and 20 bucks there, what's the best way to tell somebody to keep track of all those? Well, uh, you know, I would, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, I think I know where you're going with that. That's a tough thing to do. I think what too many people do, if you talk to an accountant and I got a couple that are friends of mine, they get a real, real bit when they say, you have no idea how many clients come in 
about the 1st of April with a shoebox full of receipts. Oh, yeah. Right? I'll hear so, about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, your dad is a retired CPA, yeah. and I guarantee you, you heard those stories when you were growing up about people yeah. bringing in all these receipts. So yeah, for sure. I would tell you that the first thing that you need to do is you just need to track these expenses throughout the year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, put the receipts in one place for your charitable giving or use a software program. And there's lots of them out there that you can yeah. use where as you go through your year and you give money away, just put it in there so that you have a total listing at the end. That would be the first step in tracking that yeah. uh, is to do it throughout the year. Yeah, great. Yeah, great advice. I mean, it, it's just more about tracking it because we all just give 10 bucks here, 30 bucks there, yep. you know. And, uh, you know, I d- actually last week, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook was like, hey, I'm raising money for this particular thing for my birthday. So I jumped in there and gave some money. Yeah, throw, in, throw, throw a few bucks. Yep. And so uh, just a good way to, to keep track is to have some way to track it. Now, um, so let's take one step further. Client comes in and right. says, hey, I want to give uh, I want to give a certain amount of money to a particular charity. And I want to do it every year. Some people do church, but there's also, I can think of a couple, a couple of other uh, uh, charities that we work with with clients. And... They are now 72 years old. Ah, here we go. Okay. So younger clients just donate and keep track of it. But we have clients that are above 72 years old that want to give. And so you become a little bit more charitable inclined as the older you get because, you know, you've got enough assets and you're sort of, you know, approaching end of life. I don't, that's a terrible way end to of, say End it. of plan. I like that. Okay. End of, plan. end of plan. Hey, that's, yeah, much better. I'll put that in my, in my <laughs> repertoire. But no, you get closer to end of plan. And, um, and so at 72, what's the benefit with a client that's now in what we call required minimum distribution phase of right. life? Explain okay, that. so first things first, when we're talking about required minimum distribution or RMD, um, if you are 72 years old or older, and there's some people that were phased out that it was 70 and a half for those, um, you, if you have money that's what we call qualified, so 401ks, IRAs, that kind of money. Yep that no tax has ever been paid on that. You're required to take a percentage of that out every year and report it as income so that you pay tax on it. Um, the, the problem with that is you take it out, you report it as income, so now you pay the tax on that whole amount, and then you take a portion of that, or maybe all of it, and you give it away to your church, to whatever charity you're into. Right. The problem is that you've left a lump sum with the IRS that you're not required to. And we always want to do what we call disinheriting the IRS, right? I think pretty much everybody agrees, regardless of political affiliation, the government is likely to spend that money in a way we don't like. So if we can avoid giving it to them and do it legally, that's what we want to do. And what you're talking about is a qualified charitable distribution or a QCD, uh, one of the worst kept secrets that's out there. All you do is you take any portion of that RMD that you have, whatever the number is for that year, up to all of it, and instead of that money coming to you and then going to the charity, it has to go direct. And it does have to be done out of an IRA. So if you have a 401k, you've got to roll it over into an IRA first, right? So when you take that money and you send it directly to the charity, which is easy enough. You set that up with whoever the custodian is, your financial advisor can do that for you, right? When it flows directly through, it still satisfies the amount of money that you were required to take out for RMD. And the charity still gets the whole amount, but you don't have to report it as income and therefore you don't pay taxes on any of the money that you do on there. So it has nothing to do with being able to itemize and write off taxes. If you're already at that age or over, 
that is a phenomenal way to save on taxes and to be as or more charitable than what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, let's say, for example, we had a client in. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna guess a couple of years ago, and uh, they were in RMD status. They came in and said, "Oh, well, I contribute." We were walking through conversation. Yeah. Oh, I contribute. I'm gonna make up a number, a thousand dollars a month to my to my church. And we were like, "Well, how are you, how do you do that?" Well, it just comes out of my checking account. Mm-hmm. Well, you're already in RMD. I'm gonna say the RMD was pretty close to a thousand bucks. Probably was a little bit less than that, um, but. What we said was, well, why don't you pay the church directly out of your RMD that we do every month, um, and that way it goes direct. Mm-hmm. And what 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 they couldn't get their head around is exactly what you're talking about. We were taking a th- we could and we did okay took a thousand dollars out of their IRA yep. directly to the church, right? That's a thousand dollars. Yep. Nobody the church paid- is still getting the same thousand dollars. Exactly. They're, they're fine. That's right. The way they were doing it, they were getting a thousand dollars out of their out of their IRA into their checking account, which is probably costing them twelve or $1,300, $1,200, okay? But then they were taking then that same $1,000 and giving it to the church. So really, that contribution was costing them a couple hundred bucks or a, hundred bar, right. a couple hundred bucks a month. And that couple hundred bucks a month either could have stayed in your investments and continued to grow, which means you have that much more to give or, spend or to live on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or you could have simply given more to the church or the charity yeah. in the first place. Everybody wins except for the IRS. And the IRS is perfectly okay with you doing this. Well, they are, but they probably wouldn't want to hear you say that, that you're trying to disinherit the IRS. Disinherit the IRS. Somebody's getting audited. Anyway. Probably right. won't be the first or the last time. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. No, but no, no, really, I think the, the, the point of that piece that you just heard Chris talk about is, it's just important that if you're working with an advisor, tell them what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Make sure you say, hey, this is this is everything I'm doing. Is there anything that you guys have seen working with other clients that might make more sense? It was no different. This client that uh, that I'm talking about, they had worked with another advisor in the past. So we weren't their first advisor. Um, they came to us and said, hey, let's do a financial plan. We did. We found out they were making charitable contributions. And we said, how do you do it? And that's where it led. There you go. And they wind up giving more money, not not more money, but in theory, more money to church because they continue to give their same amount just directly out of their IRA and pay tax on it. Yep. So it wound up working out. But again, that's just one of those things that unless you work with an advisor and say, well, let me, let me say this, work with a good financial planner. There's there a difference. We talked about this. Uh, there's a difference between working with a good financial planner and working with an advisor. Major difference, which we'll do. A, we'll we need do a to show do that, that show again. Yeah, we need yeah. to come back and revisit that one. All right, so... Let's say that uh, let's say client comes in and um, and now they you know they, they do the basic stuff right they're okay. m- you know giving stuff to a church and different organizations but now they want to be a lot more charitably inclined right okay. they're getting they're approaching into plan and uh, they don't necessarily want to charitably give to their kids um, as, as, as I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to give everything to their kids <laughs> I know uh, but they, but they want hopefully my parents and in-laws are listening to that one right <laughs> I know. Uh, my mom always said that she, she hopes, uh, the last check that she writes to the funeral bounces. bounces. Yep. Um, but let's say that we, somebody says, Hey, I, I do all that simple stuff, but I, I actually have a more philanthropic view yeah. of life. And so 
what are some of the things? What what is the one you brought up? Right, donor advised fund. Talk right, donor that. advised funds. So yeah. this is one that does not. Um, you don't have to be seventy and a half or seventy two years old to use this. You can use right. this at any age in your life. And the concept here is that you donate a lump sum of money all at once. Right. Right. Uh, you get to write all of that off in one year. So that whole concept of, I I don't give enough away to be able to write it off. Well, you would in one year. So you give away a large lump sum of money. It doesn't have to be money, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be money. It can be assets. That's correct. That's right. So it has to be valued, right? Yep. So you, you give that money away all in one year or that value. And you write all that off in your taxes in one year. And it goes into what's called a donor-advised fund, where it can continue to be invested, and you get to pick the way you want to do that. The catch here is you write it off on your taxes. Now it's in that. It's irrevocable. You can't take that money back out except to give it to charity. Right. So this is one of those neat things that you've got this lump sum you're willing to give away, right? Take it out of your IRA or something to do that. Perfectly okay. And not only can you write that check to church every week if that's the way you want to do it, but uh, most of us have been to uh, some kind of charitable event where we say, hey, this is something that's really cool, and I'd like to write a check for $500 or $1,000, or I want to be that cat that's got the $10,000 line at the, at the yeah. banquet. You write it out of that account, and you've already gotten the tax deduction because you did it all at once. That's called a donor-advised fund. It's a fantastic way of getting a big tax deduction mm-hmm. in one year. And, you know, you're not committed to, well, I've put my money in there. I'm never allowed to put more money in. No, a few years down the road, whatever, you can write another big check or whatever and put it into that donor-advised fund. The, the only catch is that once it's in there, the money must be given away to a legitimate charity. Right. That's it. But it's a great way. Yeah, it can't be given to your kids. You're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, great, uh, great resource. Uh, if you want to know anything about donor advised funds, uh, you know, make sure that you reach out to Chris. Great resource there. Uh, I think he's done quite a few of those over the years, or at least we've, you know, we've talked about them in done the meetings. several, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about them in meetings. So, um, all right, so here's another one that I've run into, um, and that is, private foundations or family foundations. There's yeah. a whole slew of them. Probably the most popular one is the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, right? absolutely. Probably the one that most everybody's heard it's about. It's in the news all the time. In the news all the time. They're always doing these charitable type things. Uh, I think Jeff Bezos' wife set up a family. Sorry, ex-wife. Ex-wife. Sorry, Jeff. You probably don't <laughs> want me to hear you say that. But she. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, ironically enough, you know, she's out in Seattle mm-hmm. and set up this you know, fifteen billion. No, a yeah, ten, twelve, fifteen billion dollar fund. Yeah. Half of what she got, what she got, yep. thirty six billion. So half of that would be somewhere right. Well, anyway, um, she set up, put it into a private foundation, and actually, a lot of charities here in Louisville got part of yep, that foundation right. money, which is pretty interesting. So, um, but here's it. It's uh, essentially where a family sets up uh, a foundation, basically like an account, a charitable mm-hmm. account. Okay. And they uh, pile money into it, or you. And most time, it's funded with highly appreciated stock, right? Just like Bill and Melinda Gates, same same thing. But you basically pile a bunch of money into it, and then you, as a family, get to de- uh, determine where that money mm-hmm. that money ultimately goes. Years ago, uh, we did a family foundation for. Uh, I was involved with a with a group that we put together a family foundation with uh, a family here in town, mm-hmm. and it was kind of cool. So. They didn't know they could even do this. They had highly appreciated stock. They uh, set up a family foundation, 
and they bought with this, you know, this pool of money, they bought a home in like Idaho or something, something out in the mountains. Okay. But it was like a ski resort. They were a family that skied a lot. So anyway, they did that, and this foundation paid for the family to get together over Christmas every year out in whatever in Idaho. Right. And the charitable, uh, the charity paid for for everybody's trip out there and everybody's mm-hmm. stay and all that. It's kind of cool. But the coolest part of this whole thing was, uh, now, it, it says in the statement they had to give away a certain percentage right. of the money every year. Okay, so they, uh, so that was part of the deal. But the cool thing was all the grandkids had to research a charity and they had to come and legitimately present to the family a charity and the reasons why they wanted to to make the contribution. That's super cool because yeah. it teaches the next generation to be charitable. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's cool. And, yeah, and so all the, well, the grandparents and then all the aunts and uncles and all that good stuff, they all got to vote. And so they would vote on, they had three charities a year. Now they gave, uh, like one of them had to be an animal rights or animal. Right. So uh, had some guidelines that went yeah, along with it. Yeah, and so they couldn't just go out willy-nilly do any charity they wanted. There were like three different topics mm-hmm. that they could uh, and then they went out and did the research on a uh, charity that was in that particular category. So it was really cool. Uh, it was super cool to do that. Now, one other one that uh, that uh, we've done some work in the past is called what they called a charitable remainder trust. Yeah. Can either be a unit trust or what's the other one? Uh, crat or a crut? A crut, yeah. Crut, crat, whatever. Uh, but anyway, I Cruts, charitable right. remainder, uni trust, and whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference. Just if this is something you have interest in, we'll figure out that A part. We'll, yeah. Um, but no, what it is is if you have, uh, usually uh, we've set them up with highly appreciated stock. Mm-hmm. So you basically put money into a pool, okay, and it's managed because you don't, but the cool thing is you put highly appreciated stock into this charity. By the way, it's the same for any foundation or uh, organization. You put highly appreciated stock in there, the charity can sell it. With no capital gains, mm-hmm. right? That's why we do it. So we set it up, put highly appreciated stock in there, and then how it's set up is the donor receives a lifetime income, yep. and then at the passing of the donor, the assets that are left over are distributed to the charity. Yep. So it's a way to take highly appreciated stock, roll it into an account, and not pay capital gains on it, get diversification, awesome, right? Take income on it, which is another... Great thing you can do, yep. uh, which is what most people want to do. Not, not pay tax on it. Now you pay tax on the distribution. That's income, but uh, but the the account, the charitable remainder trust, pays you a lifetime income, and at the end uh, it goes to your favorite. It leaves charity. a legacy. Yeah, it. so it's kind of yeah. cool. But it, I, I guess the whole point behind all this is to say that you know if you are charitably inclined, that there are ways to take advantage of the tax laws. Yeah. And it may not always be you just dropping money, you know, into uh, onto in a Facebook charitable giving whatever your friend did or right. giving it to your church. All that's important. But if you are more charitable inclined, we just have resources and we have been around the block a little bit. So we kind of know 
uh, what's available. And and the other part that I would add into that would be that, uh, you know, some of these fancy techniques that you use sound like, you know, somebody that's listening or watching this might say, well, that's for people who have a lot more money than me. There are lots of techniques other than just tracking how much you give. So it doesn't really matter how much money you have to work with. There are ways to save yourself on taxes using your charitable contributions. You just have to do it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it, again, this is what the reason why we do this podcast is just to let you know that, you know, there's a lots and lots of topics uh, that we've been around and have a little bit of experience with. Sometimes we have a lot of experience with it. Um, but it's really just about us saying, hey, here's some things to think about yeah. and how how if if that even applies to your situation. And if it does and you go, well, that might apply to me. I'm going to call these guys up and see uh, if we can have a more detailed conversation. Because that's all. That's all. That, that's essentially what this is all about: is giving you just a little bits of a nug, of nuggets of information uh, that'll maybe help you do the research in order to make better financial decisions. Because that's really that's really what we're all about. So, if they want to learn a little bit more, how do they get in touch with us, Brian? Yeah. So we should have been doing this for the last twenty minutes yep. uh, as our <laughs> yeah as our our producer over there is holding up twenty minutes. Like, come on, guys, wrap come on, it hurry up. up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, so phone number for us, uh, in case you're listening to us on podcast, 502-200-5210. There it is. You got 5210, it. 5210, yeah. We all have very similar numbers, so I had to <laughs> kind of get that squared away. And they're relatively new numbers. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, but if you want to know more about charities or anything like that, please give us a call. Uh, in the description below here, you'll see uh, the link to our website uh, to schedule a time to come see us. We don't, we don't charge for that. You can no. come in, see our new location. To pick our brain about, hey, I've got this particular situation. I got questions about it. Be happy to yeah. uh, sit down and talk Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's it for this week. Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to have another topic. As a matter of fact, we're going to shoot it here in a few minutes. So if you see us wearing the same outfit and the same setup, don't laugh. We, we do, do own other clothes. We have other clothes, but we just <laughs> have a tendency to shoot a couple of these at a time. So uh, please reach out to us. We'd, uh, we'd love to talk to you. And uh, just make sure if you're listening to us uh, or watch us on uh YouTube, subscribe, and then rate, review, and something else. Something on. like I can never remember. Yeah, all I can that never stuff. remember. Eric, our other partner, says it perfectly. Yeah. But anyway, just make sure you tell your friends about us. How about that? Will that work? That'll be good. All right, perfect. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. The information given herein is taken from sources at IFP Advisors, LLC, doing businesses, independent financial partners, IFP, IFP Securities, doing businesses, IFP, and its advisors believed to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFP's express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC, investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Family Wealth Planning Partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. 
Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.